March 29, Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 39. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. On the way across, Jesus lay down for a nap, and while he was sleeping, the wind began to rise. A fierce storm developed that threatened to swamp them, and they were in real danger. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown! So Jesus rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? And they were filled with awe and amazement. They said to one another, Who is this man, that even the winds and waves obey him? So they arrived in the land of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. Homeless and naked, he had lived in a cemetery for a long time. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell to the ground before him, screaming, Why are you bothering me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was shackled with chains, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. What is your name? Jesus asked. Legion, he replied. For the man was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons pleaded with him to let them enter into the pigs. Jesus gave them permission. So the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the whole herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake, where they drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby city and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, for they wanted to see for themselves what had happened. And they saw the man, who had been possessed by demons, sitting quietly at Jesus' feet, clothed and sane. And the whole crowd was afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in that region begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go too, but Jesus said, No, go back to your family and tell them all the wonderful things God has done for you. So he went all through the city, telling about the great thing Jesus had done for him. Right, I'm here with Dan Funk, and we're coming up on his completion date on April the 6th. Dan has worked hand-in-hand -hand with Project 614, which is revitalizing the west side of Columbus, and has a lot, had a lot to do with the remodeling of the Princeton House. When I think of Dan, I think of him excelling in displaying courage and faith and honesty and authenticity. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Dan is never afraid to engage in conversation with anybody, and it proudly gives his testimony about what God and the refuge has done in his life. 
James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. Dan openly confesses his sins and worries to his brothers and asks for and prays for others often. I've had the pleasure of walking with Dan 10 of the last 13 of his months and I'm excited to see him launch into the next stage of his journey. Dan, it's a pleasure to be here with you, buddy. Hey, you too, Brandon. Thank you for those kind words. I've got a few questions here for you, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, what was your mindset right before you came into the ministry? Uh, so, before I came to the refuge, um, I was I was agnostic. I was I kind of wanted to believe that there was a God, but I was like, let me see the proof. I don't see any physical evidence of it. So, you know, I came here basically as a last resort. It was... You know, I had I had two options: come here and do this, or I was going to die. That was that was it. Yeah, it seems to be the mindset of a lot of us right before we came right. in. What or who made you decide to come in, or even brought you into the ministry? So I lived in Tennessee for the last three years, um, and one day when I was down there, I had I knew I didn't have much time left. I was actually at that point kind of hoping that I just wouldn't wake up one day. It just would have made things easier on me and my son was the lie that I was being told. Well, then one day my dad, uh, my brother and John Paul, who a lot of you guys know, showed up down there and they scooped me up and brought me to the refuge. So after finding the sobriety and even restoring a relationship with John Paul, and I know from our time together with, with your father. Yeah. What kept you at the refuge after having those things? It was the, there was just this intense feeling that's been in me throughout this whole thing that, you know, for once I have a purpose. I see, I see God's purpose. And the encouragement that I've had from the men around me, seeing the transformation in their lives. I went from saying... I don't believe in God because I don't see any proof to now seeing it all around me and the men around me and the works in my life through the restoration with family and just even small things too, like being able to, you know, get an ID for the first time in 10 years <laughs> and a checking account. Yeah. You know, I forgot what a, they handed me a debit card. I'm like, what's this chip thing in here? <laughs> just, so just little stuff. It's, it's been an adventure. It's been great. We talk about the restoration with your family. Um, that included, what are a couple of the true God moments that you've been able to experience over the last 13 months? Oh, there's There's been so many. Um, getting to witness to people on the streets and to pray for people and, and knowing that those prayers are being heard. Um, if I can, there, there's one incident that really sticks out to me. It happened in second phase. Uh, Sean Johnson and Kenny George and I went to the went to the hospital and I, was, I got some tests done. And as we were leaving, we're pulling out, and Kenny says, Hey, hold on a second, there's a wallet on the ground. And we look outside, and there's this woman's wallet laying outside the car. And without even thinking about it, we hop out of the car and run over there, and there's a folded stack of $20 bills that I'm assuming there was probably a couple hundred bucks there. Kenny scoops it up, and I'm like, we got to find a cop to turn it into. <laughs> so for the first time in my life, I'm intentionally yelling for a police officer. And... uh we run up to him and we hand him this hand him this woman's wallet and uh, we tell him, yeah, we found this in the parking lot and there's all this cash, all our IDs and stuff are there. And he just looks at us and he goes, Jesus Christ. And I went, yep. And then we turned and walked away. But um, so at that moment, I was like, wow, that's 
there has definitely been transformation because it would have been so easy for us to take that money, put it in our pockets. Sean didn't get out of the car. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have known if, you know, but the, the fact that that never even crossed our minds, you know, I was like, when I reflect on that, I was like, wow, that was, you know, there was definitely a change. So know, truly, God. truly taking off the old man. Absolutely. And putting on the new man in an uh, action. Yes. Yeah. It's the Easter season. Uh, is there a scripture that stands out to you during this time, and uh, what does that mean to you? There is. So, First Peter chapter one verses three through nine. This this sums up so much for me. Says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade." kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, and now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you receiving the sal- you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So when I read that, you know, it reminds me that we have been given this new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, that we are we're dead to sin, we're born again with him in the resurrection, and that there's an inheritance waiting for us. You know, whenever we leave this world and and then it goes on you know having to face suffer and grief and all kinds of trials because that was always a big thing for me like if there's this god and he's so great as everybody talks about why do we have to go through the crap that we go through and you know knowing what i know now and you know being in the word and just realizing just what it said that these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine may result in praise glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed because that's what it's all about is glorifying the Father. And you just answered my last question there. <laughs> who, who gets the glory for all this? All glory to God, brother. All glory to God. Dan Funk, it's been an absolute pleasure. I Thanks, can't buddy. wait to be at your uh, celebration. I love you. And love you too, you're an man. awesome dude. Right. Thanks, buddy. Psalm 70, verses 1 through 5. For the choir director... A Psalm of David To bring us to the Lord's remembrance Please God, rescue me Come quickly, Lord, and help me May those who try to destroy me Be humiliated and put to shame May those who take delight in my trouble Be turned back in disgrace Let them be horrified by their shame For they said, Aha, we've got him now But may all who search for you Be filled with joy and gladness May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great! But I am poor and needy. Please hurry to my aid, O God. You are my helper and my Savior. O Lord, do not delay. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4 A worthy wife is her husband's joy and crown. A shameful wife saps his strength.